It's time to hear from the coaches. This is your press conference rewind. With all the insight and analysis from BYU and Utah on 975-1280 the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Uh, it is time. Gordon, that uh, we go through the highlights from the press conferences for both Utah and uh, BYU. We'll start with uh, BYU here in the 4 o'clock hour, and we'll get to Utah and Coach Witt uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that. But uh, you ready to start out and talk a little Cougs? let's do it. All right, here's uh, Coach Satake. First clip, uh, is there pressure to back up last year's success? I don't think there's anything to prove from last year. We're going on this year right now, and I think the guys feel really comfortable with having the carryover that we had with A-Rod and not really having that much shakeup on the staff. I think it's been really key for our players, so I'm looking forward to seeing the new players get their opportunities, specifically the quarterback, you know, with Zach being gone, see what Jaron can get done. But I really feel good about the rest of the group. Guys just focusing on trying to perform at their best against Arizona. That's, that's the focus. All right, uh, I I hear what Coach is, uh, is saying right there, but that's not necessarily what you think, Gordon. No, it's not. And he, but he said it a certain way. He said that's not the focus. I don't think it's the focus, but it's it's in the back of their minds. It shouldn't be. Well, it's a it's a different team. It is but, a different team, correct? But, but nonetheless, different schedule, different year, different players. That is all true. Nonetheless, BYU is still trying to prove something. Well, everybody's trying to prove something every year. Yeah, but you think, you know, Alabama has – yeah, I guess they do have to prove it. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure there too. But I think in BYU's case, they were really good last year. But there are still those who are saying, eh, yeah, but. and Are there those on this show? I don't think that. I think they were really good last year. Yeah, my I opinion do. of that's not going to change based on this year. But there are those out there who don't necessarily weren't convinced of what they were seeing a year ago. Name them. Who are those? <laughs> They're out there. But are they here? Do you think so? You don't think that? I just you answered asked and answered, Your Honor. No, are they? What do you mean? Are they here? Are they on where? this show? Do, is there the you know? Because I don't think that way. I don't think this year will change my opinion on last year one iota. I think uh, I think it is more substantial than what you just said. Uh, I think there is some element to that, but I thought last year's team was really good, no doubt about it. Uh, and maybe maybe a lot of other people did too, but they just aren't convinced based on the level of competition. Did That's your a, did your opinion on the O four Utes change based on the O five season? Uh, no, but. But that team played a better schedule than BYU did last year. The 4 Utes? Mm-hmm. Barely. Yeah, it was. It was much better in my opinion. It was not much better. Have you gone back to look at the 4 Utes schedule? Uh, well, I haven't right now, no. But I just assume that most, many of those teams were better than – the teams BYU played last year sucked, Jake. Yeah, the teams the 4 Utes played weren't great either. Uh, they were better than what But BYU then 05, what were they 05? I mean, they were barely over 500, right? Against playing against those same crappy teams, yeah, 
But it didn't change our opinion of the 04 or Maybe not all. our opinion, but it, it, it may have had some effect on people who were casting doubt on what the, what the Utes did in 04. There were a whole lot of doubters out there who didn't really respect the Mountain West Conference. I don't remember that being as much of a storyline, but maybe it was. Maybe I'm misremembering. Anyway, it just it is not an issue uh, for me, but we'll see. Um, up next, Coach Satake talked about what uh, he's excited about and what has him concerned. I'm excited about getting the fans there. We just really missed that last year. So having the band be there at the games and having the fans and having the opponents have their fans, it's going to be a lot of fun just to have that feeling of, of being in the game and, and the surrounding parts of it. So that that's the exciting part for me. What keeps me up, and that's just that's just being a college football coach. You have to be worried about every little thing, but I'm it's not a bother for me. I, I like that kind of stress. <laughs> the fans? I would guess they, they like getting back to normal, but of course he's selling it a little bit there. Yeah, I think so. Um, most coaches do care what the fans think. and uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, last year was just so weird and uh, in some cases tragic. But uh, it's uh, it's it's got, as a football player and a football coach, it's got to feel better to have – folks in the stands but he mentioned the band i like bands uh-huh but but as a college football coach and you're asked what are you most excited about this season and the coach says i'm excited to see the band back in the stadium one to ten how much is he lying ten being he's lying every word in that sentence no i think he likes the band that's what he's most excited about. No, 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 no I think, not the most excited. The I, band? No, no, no. I think the band is representative of the, the bigger hoopla. picture. Yeah. The, There's not the, a coach in this world that likes the band. I know, but don't get caught up <laughs> on the one. I don't. Don't get caught That's up on the band. That's only when they're on their field, getting in their way. It's it's more the atmosphere and that thing. I yeah. think it represents something bigger. Yeah. I don't think it's the Darth Vader march that he's looking forward to hearing on defense. I think what it's he said. The, I think it's the bigger picture that he's looking forward to. Last year it couldn't have felt like a college football season because you're just playing in dead environments. Yeah. BYU more lively than some, right? You know, the Pac-12 not even letting family in. You know what I missed? 17 times an hour. That's another Cougar! Third, in the break. Third down? First down, I think. Yeah. Third down. <laughs> I think that's how it goes there, Fourth Jake. down. <laughs> Every first cougar. down, all Fourth game. Down. No, I don't, I don't think it's the <laughs> specifics. I think it's more the... Why are you defending him? He, they asked him, what's your, what are you most excited about? Having the band back in the stadium. Baloney. But he said the fans. Don't answer if you're going to lie to us. He meant the hoopla. And, and There's and, not a coach that likes the hoopla. Yeah, I think they do. They I do. They uh, like the fact you play in front of an empty stadium. That's, that, I that's think he went. Fun. You know what will make the Cougar Club happy is if I say the band. There's a lot of times when, when I've been at football games and you hear the band march in playing. Now, I would not sit down and watch or listen to band music like that. Uh, but when you're when you're at the stadium and that band marches in, it's cool. Okay. And they got the drums going and the whole thing. It's it, It's cool. It's part of uh, the charm of college football. All right. I think he's lying. I don't think he's excited to see the band again. 
What if he would have said what I miss most is the the rule number one wear blue or <laughs> what that guy? What rule one wear blue? Wear blue. Rule two, don't stop believing or something. Then <laughs> rule three is the, the the Cougar March an hour before the game. You know we don't play that nearly enough. Oh man, the rules are for a Cougar fan. Yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, you know that's probably like ten years old. Is it ten years old? It's got to be. Good grief. Anyway. I think he's lying. I don't think he's excited about the band. I think he's excited to be, you know, playing real football again. Of all things to accuse a coach of lying about. That's the a, one that's obvious? That's yeah. a curious one to me. And I, at no point did I really think he meant it as the most exciting part of his entire job. But it adds to the So if I the, ask you, the atmosphere. what are you most excited about for tomorrow? And you say... Putting on a fresh pair of socks. I just have to believe that that's what you're most excited about tomorrow? No, but uh, that has never been exciting. Neither has the band. It has. When you're at the stadium ah! and the band comes in, it is exciting. I you can't know, do this. He's, he doesn't even see the halftime show because he's in the locker room talking to his team. Yep. But he hears the band during the game. He looks around at the stadium and says, this is a cool environment. Oh, I hope they play Wipeout. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Here's Coach talking about if he thinks they have enough depth at key positions. I mean, I think getting depth is part of the job. I'd like to keep our guys healthy, but, you know, knowing this game, you're going to rely on some depth. And, and if you can get the drop-off to not be a huge uh, drop-off from one to two to even three, then you're pretty much in a good spot. And so hopefully we, we're, we're there. Only one way to test it, and that's get on the field and go against an opponent. Playing each other, we feel good about it, and now we'll test it out. I don't think BYU's depth is all that great. Well, this year might not be as good as last year because they're replacing a lot of guys. I mean, it's the cyclical nature of college football. That's why. That's another reason why I'm not putting, comparing last year's team to this year's team. They're pretty deep at running back, and they're deep at quarterback. Apparently, offensive line. Hant says they're they're a little thin there. Who cares um, if you're deep at quarterback? Do you have a guy? Yeah, but what are the, what's the likelihood that your guy's going to take all the snaps? I got you, but if you get onto your second or third quarterback, you're probably not going anywhere anyway. No, I don't know. That's necessarily true. I mean, if you're if Utah they, and replace Brett Ellie with Alex Smith, okay, but usually there's a drop off and then a significant drop off. So if you're onto your third string quarterback, you're probably not going anywhere. You need a quarterback who can spin it. Do they have that? That's my concern. Running back depth, I think you make a good point. Wide receiver depth, we'll see how that goes. Tight ends are deep. Yeah, right. And defense, probably there's more concern on that side of the ball when it comes to depth. But a quarterback, is Jaron Hall a guy or isn't he? That, I think, is the most important question. Well, I it don't won't really matter we... if he gets hurt. Okay. So you got to have... Zach Wilson was the guy. Plan B. And thus they were really good. Hmm. Yeah. So is, is Jaron Hall a dude who can go out... And really spin it. But how would you like to be a coach who had a really crappy two QB two, and you'd be nervous all the time about your starter, and will he be able to survive? Because if he doesn't, then you got to turn to this guy over here, and it would feel good if you know in case that happens, you got a guy. You just described ninety percent of the college football coaches out there. 
yeah. don't want their Florida starting quarterback to get hurt. And frankly, if your two guy were any good, he'd be a one somewhere else. Uh, not necessarily. Not if the guy in front of him is really, really good. Well, that's definitely true now because why would you stay behind somebody who's really, you really good? You just contradicted yourself. Brett Elliott gets hurt and Alex Smith steps in. That was 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, but it's still, a, you know, that happens sometimes. Right. And then you create a quarterback controversy in some cases because people like the second guy better than the first. Yeah, but when uh, when Jake Keeps and Riley Nelson were going through their thing, no offense to the wild cougar Riley Nelson, but did they really have a guy? <laughs> no, I mean, but that's why it's important to have one. But in that case, you'd say, well, BYU's got depth at quarterback because they've their number two guys just as capable as number one. Oh well, Baylor Romney beat uh, Boise State. I mean, he did. You know, he showed a little something there. I don't think he's he's uh, you know a future NFL guy, but. Neither he or Jaron really have much of a track record. I get your point with Boise State, and it's it's a fine one. He deserves a lot of credit for that. That's all true, but, but usually, and and uh, and Kalani has pointed this out that typically when you lose a quarterback like Zach Wilson, your next guy, you don't really know what in the world he's going to bring. And at least in the case of the Cougars, they they know a little something about those those backups. I suppose, but it took him ten years to replace Max Hall. Yeah. So does it take him another decade to, re- to replace Zach Wilson? That's the point I'm making. Do you have a guy or no? Yeah, but you, do you have a second guy? I mean, that was the case with Lavelle year after year after year. His, his entire success of his career was built on that. On having a guy, yeah. Having a guy and a guy. But those having times, two guys. Well, right. Because the, but the luxury of having Jim McMahon and being able to tell him, hey, Wait your turn, son. That's gone. That's I don't know. way That's kind gone. Of what they're doing with Conover? Well, it's okay. Uh, you know, you roll the dice there, though. Yeah. Because look what happened, and not that Jack Tuttle turned out to be great, but look what happened with Jack Tuttle when you when you put him on ice. He left. Yeah. Yeah, and you can you fans can be really mad at him because he's the reason that. Uh, a certain quarterback named Zach Wilson went to BYU. Yeah. So they got a whole lot of nothing. In fact, that's worst case scenario. You passed on a guy, put the guy you did take on ice, and he left anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if Jim McMahon would have made the same decision if it I, were in I, today's day and I age. I have no idea. I don't know. But it helps you to have – Two really good players at every position. But I don't think Lavelle could have had that philosophy or at least been successful with it. I don't know. Lavelle was incredible, so maybe he could have. What do you mean? I, think I don't know what you mean. Why he to have be your, your, your wait your turn, and when you're a junior, you're going. Well, that's exactly what Lavelle did. Yes, I know. But, but in today's day and yeah, age, I, I don't think he could have done that. Yeah, I don't know. You said he built his career on that. I'm agreeing with you. I don't think he could have done that now. Because once you told Jim McMahon, hey, bide your time, son, uh, I don't think he would have stuck around. For That's that. a really interesting question. I don't know how many programs have are too deep at quarterback, and by and I mean in a way that is top-notch. Yeah, very few. Well, that's what Kalani's selling, and that's what Kyle's selling as well. We'll see. Yeah. We probably will see. Because one, that's I don't the think, way the percentages go. One, I don't think Utah is that high on Cam Rising. But BYU, I don't know. 
I was told they really like Cam Rising. Yeah, I'm sure that's why they keep recruiting over top of them. I, that's just what I was told. I'm sure. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm sure that's what you were told. I don't know if I'm buying it. Okay. I mean, we're in a day and age where you can't believe anything anybody says, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah, like someone's excited about the band. <laughs> he finally came around. Uh, finally, here is uh, Coach Satake giving his thoughts on the secondary. They have great instincts. They practice really well and they made a lot of plays. So we feel really good about those guys leading the way in the, in the secondary. We feel really good about the corners and feel good about the depth of both corners and safety spots. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how it goes. But I have a lot of confidence in those two starters for us at safety. And the guys that are, are behind them, I feel confident with them being on the field as well. So there's not one position on here where I don't feel confident with the players and, and the talent there. So we just have to put it to the test. Wouldn't they all be transferring if they followed uh, your line of thinking? All the secondary? Yeah. Secondary is different than a quarterback, but we'll (laughs) see. We'll see what goes after this year, who moves around. That'll be interesting if that secondary is as good as as Kalani was saying it is. Then that'll be a, that'll really help that defense out, obviously. Well, we talked about that weeks ago when Norma Gonzalez from the trip came on with us and said she thought that was going to be a strength of the defense. That's yeah. a that's a huge deal. If Think that's about true. the flexibility that can yeah. bring the rest of the D. And 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 the linebackers are really good. Uh, the guys up front, uh, maybe they're okay. We'll 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 see. I yeah, mean, but it it helps the guys up front if they can blitz, and they can't blitz unless the secondary can hold up. Yeah. That's true. And it's like Utah through the years. I mean, they've had some really good defensive backs there, but teams generally have to try and pass against the Utes because the run stoppers are so good. They really don't have much of an option. So if you've got both of these those things covered, man, you're you got it made. Right. Then the defense will be pretty good. So we'll see. I think that's a big if, but if that turns out to be true, then that will be a big a big deal for BYU yeah, defense. I agree. Yeah. Uh, it is the big show. Like we said, we'll get to uh, Coach Witt coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, Coach goes through his own quarterback situation and uh, depth and those sorts of things. So we'll get to that at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. I do think that the Utah and BYU quarterback situations are different. I think like if, if BYU would have looked at, at Jaron Hall and said, oh, my gosh, go get us a transfer immediately, that would have said something about Jaron Hall. That's what Utah did to Cam Rising. Twice. Thank you, Austin. Yeah, that's true. And they they recruited some really, uh, they got some pretty good athletes in that pipeline at quarterback, too, supposedly. I don't know. I haven't seen them play. But I think that's the difference there. I don't know if I believe that Utah, that that quarterback race was as close as they seem oh, to I indicate. don't. I don't believe that. I think Charlie Brewer was their guy. But as I told you, uh, I was told that Cam Rising is it, that it's not a complete joke. Well, BYU thinks enough of Jaron Hall that they didn't recruit somebody else. Because they could have. That's the that's the transfer portal. That thing that makes it so much easier to do it. You well, can go in third, there and find their, somebody their third else. Third string quarterback was a five a four star quarterback in high school. Mm-hmm. They don't need to. You're right. I'm talking about this year though. Well, who were they going to bring in? Who were they going to recruit that would be better than the guys they already have? I don't know. When John Walsh left, they went and found Steve Sarkeesian. He was obviously much better than whoever they had. That's the point. If they need somebody, they're going to go get him. Yeah. Well, I, but I, if they're confident in what they've got, then they won't. 
And Utah went and got somebody, and BYU didn't. Sometimes they're not confident. And I'm not saying it's just BYU. Teams are not confident in what they have, but they can't bring anybody in because they can't get anybody that's any better. In the case of the Utes, they did find somebody who was really good. At least that's what we are told. Charlie Brewer, and if you've watched any film of him, he accomplished some stuff. Uh, I, I think BYU's quarterbacks are pretty talented. I think that Conover kid has a lot of promise. He's just not quite ready yet. But talent, that he has. Let's check in with uh, Coach Wick Gordon. We're going to do this on Mondays, of course, uh, where we hear highlights from the press conferences. And uh, very excited it's game week. College yeah. football's back. Let's give it a listen, man. All right, let's. Uh, we've got a few highlights for you from Coach Witt. Let's start things out, of course, with the quarterback. Here's Coach talking about Charlie Brewer's best attributes. Poised, calm under pressure, goes through his read progression very quickly, is decisive, you know, gets the ball out of his hand quickly, accurate thrower, has a good pocket presence. He can sense the rush and move around in the pocket the way you want a quarterback to. His escapability is good. He's not a statue back there. Both him and Cam are very mobile quarterbacks. Probably the main thing is decision-making. He's a great decision-maker. Important if true, I suppose. Uh, Witt loves himself some mobile quarterbacks, doesn't he? I know. The whole I come back to something Riley Jensen said uh, a long time ago that he doesn't like mobile quarterbacks because that means that you can't throw. I we've talked about this before, Jake, and I agree with you completely. If you give me a choice between a quarterback who can throw it around the yard and make good decisions, I'll take that over a mobile quarterback any day of the week. Well, I think, you know, the best example, and this is a good time to bring up Tyler Huntley because he's just balling out for the Ravens, and he's yeah, he's, he's being mobile, too. Counting so, for five touchdowns the other day. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. He's doing it with his legs, too. But I, if you look at the evolution of Tyler Huntley when he was at the University of Utah, he was at his best when he stopped playing hero ball and started making the right decisions. Right, I mean, and a that, lot of guys have been that way. But, yeah, he, he, we he talked was, about Steve Young yeah. said that about himself, so. Because Tyler Huntley was capable of going for 15 yards a play if he wanted to, right? I mean, he was, he I say was, he is that athletically gifted and was at the time at Utah. But it wasn't necessarily the best thing for his team when he became a better quarterback and started making better decisions and moving the ball around and utilizing his teammates. Not only was the team better, but Tyler Huntley was better too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And he had a very impressive senior year. Remember the way he played and – and what he's doing now is in his backup role with the Ravens is pretty cool to hear about. I did not watch that game. Do you guys see any of those highlights? I mean, he just ruled. Well, it's and it's not the only game he's played yeah. really well in. And and I think you know, we like seeing uh, players we cover in college, Gordon, but go on to but, have success at the next level. But but he but, became but, a better quarterback. Right. That's exactly. what that's what made him so effective. Yeah, if you're the quarterback, don't be dropping back to pass and have everybody on a pass play running their correct routes, and then you just take off running. I mean, yeah, that's kind of exciting and cool and everything, but it just it's a it's a it's not going to work in the long run in most cases because defenses are smart enough to know that and they're going to bottle you up. And uh, the, I think the team as a whole, the offense as a whole, suffers when a guy does that too frequently. And, uh, and, and there are some quarterbacks who do that. Give me the guy who's just going to drop back and deliver that ball the way it should be delivered. I mean, athleticism is real nice in case he needs to escape, but uh, not on the reg. Yeah. 
And if your offensive line sucks, maybe it's good that you have that. But otherwise, no. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we could put it this way: like, it can't be the game plan. Can be a useful tool, but if it's the game plan, you're probably in trouble. Speaking of high school football, maybe it'd be more effective at that level. You know, right. if you have a great athlete back there, but you know, suddenly, you know, the receivers they're busting their humps, running their routes, and the ball doesn't uh, not only doesn't arrive, but the quarterback is just doing his own thing. Then suddenly you're gonna, or eventually you're gonna stop running those routes, and uh, the whole team suffers. That's my opinion on it. Anyway, I agree with you completely. Give me the guy who's going to do what he's supposed to do. Get the ball where it should go, at, at, to the right person, uh, in the right situation, on time. But of course, defensive coaches hate it when they have a third and long, and that mobile quarterback scrambles for a first down. You yeah, know, they all hate it. Linemen hate it too. Yeah, though. and then it gets stuck in coaches' minds, and they think that they're better off with a dual threat quarterback. And I just don't think that's always the case. I don't want to eliminate everybody, but I I think if I were to have my druthers, I'd you know, like we've talked about so much, I'd rather have a guy who can sling it. Well, the guy at, that comes to mind who was a, a really learned to be a really good mix of that is Zach Wilson last year at BYU. Yeah, good point. I agree. And Tyler Huntley, like you were talking about, learned that as well. So. Yeah, if you can, nothing wrong with being able to move and uh, in an emergency situation, uh, you know, create something. But uh, if you if you have a guy back there doing that regularly, then everyone else is going to suffer. Unless you're running the triple option, then give me Tommy <laughs> Frazier. Uh, here's the next one from Witt, who uh, describes his level of confidence in the passing game. We feel we're in a good place in that regard, and of course the proof will be you know, what happens in the game and see where we're at, but we know that we need to throw the ball more efficiently than we have in order to take that next step, and we've worked hard towards that end, and we'll hopefully start to see some of that manifest on uh, Thursday night. We'll see. But if they got a baller at running back, they better give them the ball. All things in proper measure, Jake. If they got a Ty Jordan... Feed him the rock. You got a Zach Moss. Let him run. In proper measure. Proper measure. Jay, you mean a, you mean we've a, had this argument proper a measure thousand for times. A starting running back in the NFL. Well, proper yeah. measure. Yeah, proper measure. Because <laughs> geez, I'm not going to do this again. No, we don't need to. No. no, you don't need to be wrong again. It's all right. Uh, Can we send him back on vacation? <laughs> Somebody just uh, tweeted us like, I'd oh. agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. Th- thank you. Thank you, Austin. Yeah, and, uh, I think I deserve that. Let's see. We have a Twitter. Uh, somebody who tweeted us says, man, Jake is on one today. Well, you know, you spend a week off and come out swinging. I don't know. Maybe I'll come back out swinging? You've been doing this for the last two months. <laughs> Are there problems at home? Oh, man. Uh, well. That was a cheap not, shot. I'm not sorry. serious ones. <laughs> Uh, I'm mainly the problem at home, if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> and I can buy into. Uh, here's Coach Witt talking about if he learned anything about his team in camp. No, I don't think there's been any surprises either way. I think things have progressed and, and unfolded about how we had thought. And one thing that's going to be for certain is the transfer portal players are going to be instrumental in what we do this year. You know, Theo Howard has proven to be a, a very good addition. Obviously, Charlie Brewer, the two backs. You know, so those seven or eight transfer portal guys we think are going to be very impactful for us. Wow, that's an interesting thing for him to say, isn't it? That how impactful these transfers will be for the Utes right away. What does that say about what they had in the, in the cupboard? 
Well, again, it comes back to, well, you're not taking a transfer if you've got something in the cupboard. <laughs> well, you might just to bolster the well, whole Take a transfer to sit? That wouldn't be a very smart transfer now, would it? Yeah, but Jake, I believe in competition. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Unless one guy is clearly better than everybody else, and then you don't have to play this game of dragging it out on and on and on and on and on. The way Kalani and Kyle did at you know, quarterback. You know what's funny about that question? You know, did anything surprise you? And by the way, that's a question I've asked coaches, you know, probably dozens of times. So with that self-realization, what do you, what would you expect the answer to that question to be? I asked that question. Today. Did you really? Yeah. And the reason I asked it, I wanted it for an update. All right. There you <laughs> go. Every, the answer for an update. Everyone's got a reason. See? But I got to do four Ute updates every day this week. Huh? Can, can you imagine if the coach was like, yeah, my left tackle sucks? <laughs> <laughs> or what surprises you would be like, man, I thought our linebacking core was just going to be hot garbage. You know what? They're all right. I just thought listening to that, like, what what would uh, you expect him to say? Of course, he's going to be like, no, I'm not surprised. I actually and wouldn't asked you be him, worried about the coach if he were surprised? I actually asked him, are you further along in any area of the team than you thought you would be? All right. so, and go. he turned it into to surprises. Surprise. But okay. still, it's the it's the same theory. But I certainly have asked that question before. And I'm going to ask it next week. What surprised you about last week's game, coach? Because you got more updates? Just so Jake can say, <laughs> here's Coach Whittingham on what surprised him against Weber State. Oh, man. I was surprised we moved the ball at all. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we got those transfers. We scored. <laughs> Super surprised. <laughs> I, I think of that. Wouldn't think about what a trip it would be, Jake, if if they if coaches had to tell the truth. Yeah, they wouldn't say they're missing the band. Well, there would be no more. <laughs> I'll let it go. There would be no more media availability. Certainly, no more questions. <laughs> Just uh, one time in a season wouldn't that be great? Coach cannot lie. It's like liar, liar. Just can't do it. All right, here is uh, Coach Witt uh, talking about the health of the offensive line group and the depth in that position. No, because it's still in flux. We've got I think it's three of them. We're not sure if they'll be ready yet. And so it's the most unstable, at least health-wise, position on the team right now. And we'd like it to be situated and all set, but that's not the case. Fortunately, we got a lot of guys that are game ready, and whoever is available should be able to function just fine. You're always better off with your best five guys, and so that's uh, not going to be the case this week. But if you're out there, you got to get the job done. And we've been talking about the depth of the O-line all fall camp and ever since last spring. And so fortunately, that depth is going to help us in this game here because we're going to need to draw upon that and so we feel like we'll be in good shape and at some point in the last couple of weeks we've got 10 11 guys that we think are really good players and, and ready to play in the pac 12 now not all 10 11 of those guys are available this week and so that's the challenge but uh, we've got enough and we should be fine that's the unit you really want playing together though that's not terrific news <laughs> that is true i mean i've always you know where i where i am on that i always thought the offensive line is the absolute heart and soul of the team I mean, you want health coming out of fall camp, right? I mean, that's that, that goes without saying. But that particular position group, they need to play together. Yeah. So uh, you'd want them to have kind of – not that Weber State is – this sounds so condescending when you say warm-up game, but, you know, when that's you're – That's exactly what it is. So you want those guys together figuring out how to move together and the calls and all that sort of thing, and that's that's less than ideal. Um I mean, you don't like I said. You want health coming out of fall camp everywhere, but that's kind of the position you you specifically want healthy. Can you think of a, a any position group that where it's more important to have 
coordination. That's it. Maybe the timing between a quarterback and his receivers or something, you know, but you're right. Those guys have to be in sync or else. Well, because one mistake totally ruins the play. Yeah, I mean, if, if one exactly. If one uh, offensive lineman isn't doing his job. The or, quarterback or misses, gets blown right, up. Right, right, right. Or misses a call or whatever the case may be, then that's when, you know, serious mistakes and, and catastrophe happens. Yep. And, it's kind of like a dance. You always hear, you know, Hans and all the former linemen talking about how important it is, and that's because it's really important. So I'm mm-hmm. um, not saying that that's, uh, you know, well, don't pay attention to Utah's season. It's over. But uh, not saying that. <clears throat> but that's not ideal. We'll see if they can put it together. Because three is a lot, to be, Gordon. Know. If they're going to miss three out of five, three starters, that's a lot. That is. That is. But they'll be able to piece it together, I think, against uh, Weber State. And, well, I'm not uh, worried about that. Yeah, get ready for what comes. You're worried next. about USC in <laughs> L.A., right? Yeah, you know, yeah, you're exactly. worrying about those big games because if you have simple mistakes from offensive linemen who are not familiar playing with one another or, heaven forbid, switching positions, which we've seen a bunch from Utah in the past, then that can be extraordinarily detrimental. Yeah. And just using USC as an example, we've certainly seen those games come down to one play, one mistake, Wins or loses the ball game. Yeah, those guys just have, you said it right. They have to be, uh, they have to be in sync. They have to know what the other guys are doing, and they have to be able to trust what the other guys are doing, and themselves. So I mean, yeah, it's. I, I told you one time I sat down with Jeff Grimes, and he explained to me every bit of offensive line play, and really, I mean, it was like learning calculus. There's a lot to it. Much more than just, hey, stay in front of your man. Well, that's the basics. Stay in front of your guy. But that'd be like t- telling an NBA player, you know. The, only, the trick to playing defense is staying in front of your guy. It's a little more complicated than that. What if you're running a pole? Then you don't want to stay in front of your man. True. You want True. to stay in front of the other guy's man. Yeah. But he has to know that that's what you're going to do, and then he has to take care of his responsibility. You have to want to need to want to want to get in front of that guy. Indeed. Well said. Man, who is teaching you how to be so articulate? It still doesn't make Don Quixote. Well, I just, you know, I mean, have you ever heard Austin sound more articulate than he just did? Yes. Where in the world would he have learned that from? I, 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 I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But you just heard it. Proud moment. Didn't make me, much for sense, me. But that's all right. a proud moment for me. Good. <laughs> I'm glad that made you feel good. That's good. It's been a long time since I felt that good. Thank good. you, Austin. I, you know, the, the acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. It's still on him to to want to want to need to make jazz fans want him to want to be here. Wait, the apple doesn't fall far from the is Austin your son now? Whoa! Did I say the? Did, did, is there some? Is there news you're breaking here? Does there some Austin needs to know? Not literally, Jake. Where's your mind at? I, it's, it's just figuratively. You're my figurative father. <laughs> is this like some sort of Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker moment? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm in the wheel. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to your mind, really. Oh yeah, that's true. It's just on you to want to want to need me to want to be on the wheel. No, no, it's more a matter of me wanting to want to want to want to want to have you in the wheel. 